Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. <laughs> Man, I got to take one of these stands. That is hilarious. And that was my wife. Hey. Hey. How you guys doing? Wow. All right. Good to know. Wow, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for a great Sunday. We just thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for the ministry that your spirit's doing already. Lord, thank you for your angels. I thank you, God, that you have set us free. And I pray, God, the depth of that <laughs> would impact us. Um Lord, that we would grow in grace and in the knowledge of you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. Well, we got some, uh, we got some Bible today. You guys got Bibles? Hey, guys. We're going to open the Bible here. We're going to end up going over to Hebrews 6, but before we do, I just this is more of a, a prophetic word, I guess, um, but I really like it. In Isaiah 61... The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to preach liberty for the captives. You guys know that as Christians, we contain the good news, good news. The world, the, the enemy isn't, isn't um, enthralled with good news because the good news includes him being trampled under your feet, Okay. So the thing he likes to be enthralled about is bad news. And a lot of times in the world, it gets saturated with bad news. Sometimes people look for it, and they just want to echo it, and it just becomes almost an echo chamber of bad news. Pretty soon, if, you, if your ears are open to the world, you might think, man, everything is bad. Yeah. You know, oh, Kate's here. Hi, Kate. Um, I love it when Jesus Rod people come that I haven't seen in a while. The world can feel like an echo chamber of bad news, but no matter what, you guys know in the world there's going to be tribulations, trials, bad things happen in a world where there's death, right? But in this world, we have good news. No matter what's going on, no matter how difficult, no matter how wild, there's good news in us to share. And if we don't fully understand it and participate in it and know it, who is there to share it? It's going to be just saturated with bad news. Woo! But there's good news. And it's God. And he loves us. He wants to encounter us. He wants to set us free from things. He wants to bless us. He wants to get you free from condemnation, guilt, and shame. He wants you to be so liberated that you see the world through his eyes. That you don't live in fear. Whew. That you're more than a conqueror. I still don't fully know what that means. <laughs> Chew on that. You're more than a conqueror. What? All right, if you guys got Bibles, we're going to go to Hebrews. Back to Hebrews. A few weeks ago, man, it must have been two months ago, we shared a couple messages from Hebrews. Wow, it's towards the back. Before James... Hebrews chapter 6. 
we shared a couple messages uh, from Hebrews, and I've been back in it, just sitting in it for a while, and it's really, really good. And I just, there was this nugget here that's about four verses, and I'm going to use that as kind of a platform that we're going to talk a little bit, and then, and then I'd really like to just use the rest of the time in a form of ministry um, where we get to be the church <laughs> and pray for one another. Because this is more than, you know, coming to a comedy show or sometimes it feels like a stand-up comedian even though I'm not funny, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Okay. Hmm. This is Hebrews 6. Let's read it together. This is, uh, I'm reading from the Amplified so you get, you get the extra. And you guys don't know about the Amplified Bible. It's got brackets. So if you don't know one thing, it almost has sentences to describe what that word is. So lucky you. Chapter 6. Here we go. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about Christ, advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness. Doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of teaching about washing, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment. These are all important matters in which you should have been proficient long ago. And we will do this, that is, proceed to maturity if God permits. Let's stop right there. The book of Hebrews is basically one big book about who Jesus is. Number one, that he's God, the everlasting God. Can we get a yay out there? (laughs) He wasn't just a man that separates Christians from other religions when they think about Jesus. It says who he is. So he is God. He's Messiah. That means the anointed one who would come to do something for us. He's the faithful and merciful high priest who has come to be a a mediator for us, who came to be a sacrifice for us, who came so that you can get your conscience cleansed of guilt. Yeah? So the book of Hebrews, and he's also unchangeable, and there's also other fun aspects of him in the book of Hebrews that he's talking about. But right in the middle, he says this. He says, I'm having to give you some milk because you don't know what's going on. I wish, you know, I could give you some meat. But this is, this, is, this is the milk. And he's giving, the, he, the book of Hebrews is actually the milk of milk. It's the, it's the most, it's like when babies are just born, before they even get full milk, it's like the, the, the first milk. That's what this is. Who's Jesus? You guys following? I mean, there's some deep revelation. You just keep digging in it and you're like, wow, there's, there's more and it should impact you. But the revelations of God and the teaching of God, the doctrine of God doesn't just lead you to be all about knowledge it was just all about knowledge, you'd just be puffed up. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. So when we, get, when we get this, what he's saying, revelation from God, what it should do is it should cause us to learn how to be like Jesus, to walk like him, to talk like him, to look like him, to act like him, to bless people like him. Come on, to serve like him. By the way, we need help in serving the children's group. Little children's group, dead serious. We need like, uh, to me, we need like a big long list of people where it's like once every three months. You know what I'm saying? Just sign up and be like, okay, I could do once every three months, you know? That's what we need. We need it. Um, that's a side plug for the children's. Uh, anyways, but this aspect of 
going on to maturity, I want you guys to follow with me real quick. Going on to maturity looks like living out the Jesus life. In Paul's way of talking, when you guys read the Bible, you'll, see, you'll hear him say, becoming perfected in the ways of righteousness is what he says. Perfected in the ways of righteousness. There's a difference between me saying I'm a Christian and then learning how to walk by the Spirit according to grace and live as a Christian. Yeah. There's a difference between me saying Jesus is Lord and me walking with the Lord. <laughs> you guys follow me? But some of us have a hard time doing this part because we don't understand, first of all, who he is fully, what he's done for us. And then he goes on to the other basic elementary principles. What student is there that wants to learn how to write novels, be a William Shakespeare? By the way, he's one of my, he's one of my great uncles, by the way. Isn't that cool? I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, plug. I know it's funny. Really, he's one of my great uncles. His brother is one of my grandfathers, and his dad, his dad is one of my grandfathers. Isn't that fun? Wow, why did I go there? Oh, you don't, you can't be, you can't be somebody who composes things and does things without learning your ABCs. Some of us are getting prohibited from walking out the life of righteousness, perfected in the ways of righteousness. I'm not talking about the law. I'm talking about by grace, by the Spirit, living in freedom from the devil to walk in freedom to love people. So we get blocked up because we forgot, we don't even know the ABCs fully, or maybe we did, we just kind of forget them. Sometimes there's people that come in and they say some weird stuff, and then that weird stuff can make you go, wait, what's going on? That happens in the Bible too, read it. <laughs> but not for us. So what I want to do today, I think all of these things actually deserve full-on sermons, and so I apologize, it's going to be, you know, nugget form. But these elementary things are simple things that set us up to know something about what's available, who he is, what he's done, what's available, how do we participate. Let's get in this thing. Let's get in this thing. And then we're going to end with praying for the, the things that might, that might hinder us. At the end of Hebrews, he goes on and he says, you know, don't become entangled. You know, you're free. Let's live as free people. So we're going to pray for that. So here we go. So the first thing is Jesus. This whole book's about Jesus, so I encourage you to read it if you really want to understand who he is. He's God. He's eternal. If you don't know that, you should. He made you. He made you for him, by him, through him. You were created for his good pleasure. He really, really likes you. He really, really loves you. He's a good God. God became a man. God became a man and dwelt among us and gave his life for us. The great high priest who's eternal and everlasting came down, took on flesh, and tabernacled among us, showing us the fullness of who the Father is. And he made propitiation. That's a big word, too. He made what's available for you to be free. Two ways. Ready? He's merciful, and he's faithful. Merciful means he wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to wash you. He wants you to be totally brand new, squeaky clean, holy, holy, holy. You become. He's holy. The angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. But do you know that when the blood touches you and you look at him upon the cross, you also are holy. You're not kind of holy. You are holy. You follow with me. This is what Jesus has done for us. He goes on. He says, here's the ABCs for Paul in this. Repentance and faith towards God. Do you guys know, do we know that the human ability to choose is so powerful? 
you know, there's some Pharisee Christians, ooh, why did I say that, that might teach, that was, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, be like Jesus, but I'm like, ooh, that's strong, but Lord, you know, but it's true, that will belittle your ability to even do anything. It's like you're absolutely worthless. Like you can't even do any, like can't even choose or anything. It's like, what? You're made in his image. Just as the Lord rules in the heavens, he's given earth into the hands of man. You guys got to swallow some of these real quick. The heavens are the Lord's, the earth he's given into the hands of man. This is a domain that he's given into our hands. We have a choice. We have the ability to look to him or not, to rely on him or not. You follow with me? You have power in your choice. Some of us sit around and go, well, one day. No. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Repentance and faith towards God. We have to first understand how he made us. He made you extremely powerful. That's why the devil gets power because we actually, actually in our ignorance, we give him power over our lives by thinking we can't, we're stuck, we're this, we're that. You guys follow with me? Okay, so you have power of choice. Repentance means to change the way you're thinking. It also means to turn a 180. So, so we got to understand we're going to live this life out in righteousness. Pastor Jesse came back in the room. Let's go, baby. <laughs> we're going to live this life of righteousness. <laughs> we got to understand, listen, I'm not just going to like become a Christian to like learn a few things, etc. but I actually want to walk a certain way. I'm tired of walking with the enemy. I want to walk with the creator of my soul. <laughs> I'm tired of walking with the evil one. I want to walk with the good one. I'm tired of walking in darkness. I want to walk in light. Okay. But it means changing your mind and how you think. What does that mean? It means changing the way you think according to what Christ has done for you on the cross in his death and in his resurrection. Yeah. But we don't want to just be titled Christian. You don't want just the badge. I'm a Christian, bro. The badge means nothing if we don't act like Jesus. Oh, isn't this wild? Okay, it's really fun. Okay, these are the ABCs. So but we got to know first that there's power for us to choose. Yeah? The second one, he says, is washings. This is in your translations. It'll say the baptisms, the doctrine of baptisms. If you don't know, the Jews did a lot of baptizing. They did a lot of washing. They had a lot of purification things. Jesus came also, and he baptized, although his disciples baptized for him. But they were baptizing in water. They baptized people. When Jesus died and resurrected, obviously, we still baptize. We're going to have it on May 16th. So if you haven't been baptized, that's where you get it. What is baptism? Baptism is a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful symbol of going into death and coming up into a resurrected life. How are we going to live and be perfected in the ways of righteousness when we still think that we're wicked little sinners? <laughs> you just follow what I just said? How, how can you get perfected in the ways of his grace of righteousness if you still believe you're on this side of the river? Guys, you follow with me? You can't. The Bible says, listen, we used to present our bodies as instruments of sin unto death. That's one side. But now we present our members as instruments of righteousness. For, for what? Holiness. It's in the book of 
Romans. <laughs> Romans chapter 6. Okay, so in this baptism, then, the doctrine of baptism is I was one side, I was one person, but the doctrine of baptism is I get a new identity. I become a child of God. I get born again. I, I become a partaker of the divine nature. The term adoption is just to say that you weren't by nature God. Yeah? You know God's God, right? <laughs> That's who Jesus is. When Jesus was begotten, he's the only begotten son of God, the only begotten son of God. That means that he is by nature God. God became a man. You follow? That's not us. <laughs> we were adopted. That's where the term adoption comes in is that we weren't by nature him, but by grace, he literally, by grace, we get adopted him. But his His grace is so powerful, it becomes real for us. He literally says, you've been born of the Spirit, a new birth. The Spirit of God infuses who you are, and you literally become a partaker of his divine nature. You're a new creation, the Bible says. Old things are gone, all things have become new. The next one, he says, is the doctrine of laying on of hands. Do we know what that is? The doctrine of laying on of hands, that's what we call baptism in the Holy Spirit. You could, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, is who does it come upon? It comes upon Christians. It comes upon people who are born again, people who believe in him. Your sons and daughters, there's no respecter of persons. If you're a Christian, you get it. Let's go. Open up your hands and receive. He wants to pour his spirit upon you. He wants to empower you. The Bible says his spirit comes on you to empower you to be an, an effective witness. An effective witness. Are we all still following? These are ABCs. If we don't understand these things, how, do we, how would we walk in the power of God if we don't understand that we can? Oh, Jesus did miracles, bro. That was, I mean, he's God. Well, you got to understand the dude had the Holy Spirit come upon him. And then he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. The guy says in John 12 and 14, 12, he says, the same works that I do, you will do, and greater works than these shall you do for all those who believe in my name. <laughs> the Bible says these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They will cast out demons. Do we know the Bible says these things? Let's go. These are ABCs, but when we don't understand the ABCs, how do we build upon it and write the novel of God through our life? Therefore, Paul says, I feel like I got to give you some milk again because you don't understand what I'm saying. And he really gives the milk of the milk. He just only got to Jesus in the letter. Obviously, in person, he'd be going through the other ones. He says, if God permits, we move on from this and let's live this thing out. Let's live it out right now. But right now, we're still having, they were wrestling the wrestling with other people, bringing in other random doctrines, stuff like that. But you got to get solidified in the ABCs to move on. It's so basic. It's so basic. The next one, he says, the resurrection, the doctrine of the resurrection. The resurrection is twofold. Number one, you get the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit is the one who resurrected Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. So step one of the resurrection and the doctrine of the resurrection is the resurrected one lives in you right now and he gives life to your mortal body. Where there's death around you, he wants to create life. Where things are dying, he wants you to bring life. If you don't understand this, how, when death comes around you, how are you ever going to stand in faith and begin to pray in faith because you're going to be like, man, this life sucks. Everything's dying. Let's get back to our ABCs. 
You got the resurrected one living in us. Yeah. We get to participate with the resurrecting, resur- wow, wow, is a big word, resurrecting power of God. He wants to move through us. He wants to give life to the brokenness around us. It, the Bible says it like this in a prophetic uh, scripture. It says, it's like a barren wasteland, but it becomes like the Garden of Eden. That's, that's what you do when you love people in the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to take in our families, in our friendships, in the things where there's brokenness and people operate really bad. (laughs) That just happens. And things are like a desert. When it's like a desert, you don't expect a desert. When you're in the desert, you don't go, man, I'm really excited for that oak tree to come up right now and this beautiful forest to just produce itself. You don't expect that in a desert. You know what I'm saying? Naturally, when you're in desert situations in your life, dead situations, you're not going to go, oh, man, yeah, unless it's supernatural, unless you understand that he is here to birth life in this planet through you right now, step one, and two, that it will fully culminate when Jesus Christ comes back and there will be a resurrection. And the Bible says those of us who are still living will see those raised from the dead and be caught up into the sky with the Lord, and we who are still living will watch it and be caught up with them. There's coming a resurrection. Read 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 15. If you're still not believing me, Paul shall deal with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you like that? Oh, man. Sometimes I just love to look at Pastor Jesse. All right. Uh, uh, I love him so much. All right. By the way, one time, one time, I just got to say this. One time. One time I went through a really bad experience. This is before I did any ministry. This is before we did a, a church and all that stuff. Uh, we were living down in San Diego. And I was, I was part of a group. I got really, I got really handled, okay? I, I, I got excommunicated. Isn't that wild? Micah's been through some church stuff. <laughs> I didn't even do nothing. All right. Anyways, I remember I came, up, I came up to Jesse. I said, Jesse, this is what they've said to me. This is what they've done to me, bro. Like, they're like our best friends. Like, we were all you know, running together. And I remember sitting outside a coffee shop and Jesse said, Micah, if they don't want to be your family, I'm your family, bro. (laughs) What a Christian. What a Christian. (laughs) I want to say I loved him ever since, but I loved him ever since I met him. So that was a, okay, just had to say it. I was thinking about that earlier. Where was I at, guys? Oh, resurrection. That's right. When it feels like a barren wasteland, he's just got the simplicity of love that brings life to something where it's like, I'm in a desert. I feel like I'm going to die. No, we got God. The last one is eternal judgment. Step one of eternal judgment, if you guys don't know this, but the devil is judged now. Jesus says that he's come. He says, right now is the judgment has come. What was the judgment? That the devil is judged. This is step one of judgment for him because God wants to empower you and put him under your feet. Before he casts him into the flames, eternal flames that are made for the devil, before he destructs the devil and torments him, before the devil goes there, (laughs) it makes me so happy. Before he, in the book of Isaiah, it says like this, before he kills and slays the great dragon. How about that? Okay. Oh, he's going to do that. 
But before he does, why is God permitting it? He wants you to come into knowledge of who you are and what's available for you, to walk in a freedom. Because when you walk in the freedom, the very thing he was envious of, it's his first, he was envious and tried to steal it and there's deception, etc. And he's the father of lies. But when you walk into who you are because of the gospel, it literally comes against everything he initiated. And he gets to watch the sons and daughters of God stand up and shine and be loving people, free from him, free from shame, free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from the curse of the law, free in grace. Well, I'm starting to preach. I'm feeling the Lord. Eternal judgment. This is step one of judgment. Step two is there's fire. When the Lord comes back, he will separate the sheep from the goats. None of us need to go to hell. Did I say it? None of us need go there. It's as simple as using that power that God gave you in your birth to simply look upon the one who was crucified for you. The Bible says, Jesus says it, he says, hell was made for the devil and his angels. That's good news. That's good news. These are ABCs. Yeah, I want to say this. If you don't fully understand what I'm saying right here, there's some people who would preach and say, God has predetermined some people to go to hell. How are you going to love all of those people? And also, if if you believe that, how do you even know you're not one of those people? Talk about a lack of security of your assurance. That's crazy. You guys follow what I just said? Okay. It's not made for us. God's waiting in heaven because he wants everybody to be saved. We look around and we see pain. We say, God, what the heck? It's either God's really jacked up or he's really merciful. He's very merciful. Because eternal life is a long time. We're here to be like Christ, to live as Christ. We're here to walk, to take up our cross, to follow him, to love our neighbors. Are you guys following? This is ABCs. Now, when we know these things and we fully develop our, envelop ourselves in them and we let them change us, we go, oh, okay, the little blocks that would hinder us from love or from knowing who we are or putting us in places of self-condemnation, doubt, putting us in places where we're striving again to please him according to our works, that doesn't matter anymore. Don't put yourself under the curse. All that matters now is faith working through love. That we would have believing faith that literally does something, and that something is called love. How simple. That's what matters, is that we're not just title Christians, but we're living it. Now, some of us, some of us sometimes go through things, and we feel bound up still, and we get in condemnation. But the first thing we need to understand is he loves us. He's merciful. He's faithful. He really, really wants us to be free. He wants us to walk in power. He wants us to walk in victory. He wants us to be confident people when we're out in the world doing whatever we do. He doesn't want you to be like, oh, man, I'm not good enough. Are you kidding me? You're a son and daughter of Jesus. By the way, if you're his body and you think you're not a good person, etc., it's like, don't shame his body. Why would God have a temple and live in wickedness? He wouldn't. Because you're not. Let's go. You guys follow? 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, what I want to do now, since we only have 10 minutes, Jesse gave me the nod. I love Jesse so much. Um, <laughs> I've been, I've been, a lot of my days I talk to people, I have one-on-ones with people, um, some people don't even go to our church, or maybe they've even been a part of our church and they're not coming anymore. They're going through things. I still even meet with people like that. And I hear, I hear, I love Grant. Isn't he so sweet? Look at him. Yeah, buddy. I told him he's a preacher one time, and he's like, woo! And he like yelled about it. I think it was, he was accepting it. <laughs> um, but I talk about with people, I hear things that people are going through, and there's a handful of things that I just want to just be so blunt in the most gracious way possible so that we can cut things off our life. One of those things, I just want to go there, ready? And because we live in California, it's going to be a thing. But drugs are just not the way to go. (laughs) Marijuana, not good. You're going to make yourself stupid. (laughs) Literally stupid. Literally, I used to smoke a lot of marijuana. God had to like heal my brain. I smoked every day. I was so stupid at that time. <laughs> they've done studies now. As you go look these up, they're hilarious. But they've done, not, not literally hilarious because it's sad, but it's kind of funny. But they've done studies where it's like, you know, they're able to test people. They took a whole, a whole group of people. They gave them marijuana. Uh, a month later, they were still able to see who took the marijuana. Through, blind, like, through tests on these people, blindly, for a whole month after. Cognitive like tests. You know what that means? It means they could tell the dumbness for a whole month after you, you, you got high. You guys follow what I just said? That's crazy. It's just not for the people of God. It's really bad for you. And also, if you're looking for an escape, Jesus is way better. He just really is. I got to say it. He just really is. Why take the thing that will kill you when the thing wants to give you life? abundantly. But you know what? It's hard. It's one thing for me to say this. It's another thing for somebody to let it go. I used to actually be addicted to it. They say, they say it's not addicting. That's, that's not true. Because for me it was. I was extremely addicted. And I just feel like there might be some, some people in this room that feel addicted, that feel stuck in it. And I want there to be an opportunity for you to know that freedom is here right now and you're going to be free, period. You're going to be free. If you want freedom, there's freedom. Second, I just want to hit at this, is sexual immorality. These things that, that the enemy loves to come against us and get people to look at things that have nothing to do with his glory and goodness and the holiness of marriage. This whole world's going to bombard the sanctity of marriage in a bunch of different ways. But we as people of God maintain it. Whether we're single or not, we maintain holiness and purity unto the Lord But we don't do it by going, I'm just going to be a legalistic Christian and try really hard to be a righteous person. Now go back to the ABCs. I've got the Spirit of God living in me. He's made me holy. He's here to help me. Oh, I missed one of the best parts. Jesus has grace for me. You know his grace is unmerited favor, but do you want to know how that looks? It looks two ways. There's mercy grace and there's helping grace. Mercy grace means you didn't deserve it, but it's here for you if you want it. You can have your consciences cleansed of a guilty conscience. He wants to give you mercy, but he wants to give you help. 
You don't live out righteousness by following a law. You live out righteousness by going to the throne. Okay. But I think that's for some of us. We need to realize I am free. Those are the two really, really big ones. But I'm going to open up a general one, too. I really, those, I don't know. I just felt it so heavy. But I want to do is, I want to get someone right here on the keys. Who, who can do this for me? Oh, Katie's coming. Let's go, Katie. You can do it. I was going to call any piano worshiper. Let's go, Katie. And we love Katie. You guys know she drives really far every Sunday to come here. She loves this community, and we love her, and we honor her. Oh. What I want to do is I'm going to open up this area here. I just want to ask the, uh, the prayer team if you can come up. Come up right here, prayer team. Prayer team people should have. Uh, do we have those wonderful little? Not this, oh, look, we do. Check this out. Our trustworthy prayer team leader. <laughs> Assistant, she says. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to find a leader, so I'm just throwing in little lines. <laughs> she's a pastor's kid, though, so she ain't going to be fooled. She's like, oh. She's very clear on her, you know, boundaries. <laughs> Assistant. Okay, we, gotta, we, gotta, we need some more room here. Okay, what I want to do is I want to invite people. I want you to be really real, okay? I don't always do an altar call. But you know what? Sometimes prophetic acts have a lot of power. When we do something in the physical, that there's a reality in the spiritual, it might seem silly at times, but there's something to it. It's a step of faith. And it's like we call it an altar call. It's called an altar call because in the temple there's an altar, and Jesus is seated on the throne above the ark where the cherubim all are that are holding it up upon his chariot, <laughs> his chariot throne. By the way, do you guys know his throne moves? Read the book of Ezekiel, wild. His throne moves, it's like a chariot. How cool is that? Because <laughs> he's coming to just bring his rule and reign in each of our lives. But this is us coming to the throne, not to people, not to, not to any of that. This is, I just want to make this place really, really a holy place and a place of faith. A place of faith for some of us who need freedom. Okay? The ABCs say the freedom's available to us if we would simply look to Jesus. Some of us need faith for a miracle. Some of us need faith for a miracle in our family. Maybe a healing miracle. Maybe some, oh, this is the other one I had. If you've been having night terrors and not, or not able to sleep, almost like an insomnia, I saw that breaking today. If that's been you, I want you to come up because I feel like God, I know God's going to, he's going to break it. He's going to crush it, crumble it. Because he wants to give you rest. The Bible says there's rest for the people of God. So if you're wrestling with something, you need something, you need breakthrough for something, quote-unquote breakthrough for something, the reason it's here and available right here, right now, is because it was available 2,000 years ago through Jesus, and he initiated it. And so you come in faith. If you're coming for something, come in faith. 
Does God work miracles among you because you do good things? Or does he work miracles among you because of the hearing of faith? Of faith. So we're going to believe. Come up and say, oh, God, I thank you that you have something for me today. And I want you to come and use this place. But really, I want this to be first and primarily people that feel like they're stuck in something. And I want you to be really honest. I don't want to single out any specific thing. But I want this to be a place. So what I'm going to do is we're going to just have this time to come up right now. And I want us to, to position our hearts to receive from him, to receive his love. And if you're in a place where you just feel, man, I'm full. I'm full. Of the whole, I just feel fine. Everything's great. I want you to intercede. Don't become a spectator. I want you to legitimately pray. This is us being Christians together. Pray for those people that are truly struggling in something so heavy that they're like, please, God, come through for me. And we want to say, we're here for you. There is no condemnation. There's only faith, hope, and love. Yeah? Okay, so let's have a moment to do this. Thank you for playing. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to close together. I'm going to, I'm going to close us. If you want to leave, you could leave. You got to get your kids. Get your kids. Father, we just thank you. I thank you that this space right here is a place to break off the things that would entangle us so that we can run the race, that we can walk into the ways, the perfecting of righteousness not according to the law, but by your grace. Lord, I thank you that there's a place for freedom for each one of us, Lord God. Chronic depression. Breaking it in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that this is going to be an altar. What's available in Christ, that we're going to cast off garments of sorrow and take on joy and praise. That you're going to remove it from us, God. The burden. And you're going to give us the yoke of your lightness. So, Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you that I get to be a part of such a great family. We love you, God. So we're going to make this place holy right here. If you want to chat, you want to go into fellowship, go right on out into the courtyard and have a blast because that's Christian stuff to do too. (laughs) But if you're in here, I want you to either come up to receive or I want you to pray. Pray for people who are going up. Yeah? I love you guys. Amen. you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon, we pray you experience all God has for your life. Because.